Well, you'll uh, have to forgive me this morning as I'm getting over a bit of an illness and um, my, my voice, I believe, is probably about an octave and a half lower. Um, Pastor Malone did, did compliment me this morning. He said, I think this is about the manliest you've ever sounded. <laughs> um, so if this sermon goes over really well, I'm just going to have to learn to talk down here, I think. Um, about three years ago, uh, there was a documentary that was released called Accidental Courtesy. Anybody heard of it? Uh, Accidental Courtesy. It, it follows uh, the story of a man uh, whose name is Daryl Davis. Uh, Daryl Davis was actually a uh, rather uh, well, rather accomplished musician. Uh, he had played along with uh, men like Chuck Berry, uh, Little Richard. Uh, he was a keyboardist and, and accompanied... Uh, many, many well-known uh, acts. Uh, but one night uh, after uh, Daryl was playing in an all-white music venue, uh, he was approached by a white man who complimented him on his, his keyboard playing. And, and Mr. Davis and this man, they kind of began to form a relationship. And, and over time, what Mr. Davis learned about this man is he was actually a member of the KKK. Um, and over time, then, through his relationship with this man, he began to meet other members of the KKK. It's also worth noting, I, I kind of glossed over this, that Daryl Davis is an African-American gentleman. Um, and he began to meet men who are members of, of this hate group. We can call it what it is. And through building relationships with these people and extending them kindness and choosing to respond to their hatred by simply trying to get to know them, Daryl Davis has actually led about 13 people out of membership in that group. In fact, in his garage, he has kind of all across the walls uh, the, the robes of KKK members that have handed them over to him uh, as sort of their denouncements of their former hatred and bigotry. Now, one of the things that, that I find uh, just so interesting uh, about this man's story is, is just the way that he so kind of acutely and pointedly embodies what is one of Jesus' most central and perhaps most difficult teachings. Is that teaching to love your enemies? Love your enemies. Uh, here again, uh, what Jesus says in Luke chapter Six, we read just a moment ago, says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. So here Jesus, and, and really the, the Christian call to love, is it's extended to the extreme. <clears throat> we don't get to say, okay, uh, I'm supposed to love the people that, that return it. No. Um, I'll, I'll love the people who will maybe eventually figure it out and, and, and then love me back? No. 
It's extended as far as it can possibly go. Jesus says very plainly, love your enemy. The person who treats you with hatred and abuse. Right? He even makes it even more pointed, right? The one who curses you, the one who abuses you, the one who would strike you on the cheek or take your cloak. That's the person that you are supposed to extend love to. And it's not conditional. You don't extend love insofar as they maybe repent of their actions. No. You love even as they remain your enemy. So Jesus says very plainly, love your enemy. Right, That person who would steal from you, who would rob from you, give it to them. It's interesting that, that Jesus says that because there is, an, in fact, lengthy Old Testament laws about restitution for, for what happens when someone steals from you, when someone takes what belongs to you. How do you make that right? Jesus says don't enforce that. Simply give what they've taken Don't take up any claim against them. Love your enemy. Do good to those who harm you. And the simple question that he really summarizes this whole idea up is, how do you want to be treated? In any circumstance, how do you want to be treated? Then let that be how you treat other people. Regardless of who the person is. Regardless of if it's someone you love, if it's someone you hate, if it's someone who has harmed you, treat them the way that you would like to be treated. Love your enemy. And he continues. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil." If you love those who love you, what benefits is that to you? Jesus says there's nothing ultimately that virtuous about this sort of quid pro quo sort of arrangement. And if you simply love those who are going to return it to you, what, what benefit is that? What have you done? Even sinners do that. Even those with no virtue do that. If you lend simply expecting that you'll receive it back, that's just business as usual. There's nothing unique about that. But rather the uniqueness of, of Christian love that Jesus calls us to is to extend this love to everyone. And this love is not simply an emotion, a feeling of affection toward one another. No, it's, it's a call to action, to treat people a certain way. This call to love, it is extended to everyone and it expects nothing in return. That is the call that you and I have, to love our enemies and expect nothing in return. 
So as you think about this, who is your enemy? Maybe sounds uh, uh, perhaps a little bit extreme to use that kind of language. But who is your enemy? Maybe it's that, that person, that, that homeless person who, who's stolen packages off your front step. Maybe it's the, the coworker who is constantly causing you problems. Who, who is constantly causing fighting and conflict in the workplace. The person who, who, who insists on undermining you at every single corner. Maybe it's a family member. Someone with whom you've tried to reconcile countless times and you've failed again and again and again. Maybe it's a child who, who constantly disrespects you and disobeys you and refuses to listen to your counsel. Who is your enemy? Who is it? Who is that person that just gets under your skin? How have you treated that person? Have you responded to to anger with anger? Have you responded to to hatred with, with more hatred? Have you responded to the disrespect with more disrespect? Or have you responded as Jesus has called us to with love? You know, there's a a certain pragmatism, I believe, to what Jesus has to say to us here. Because the reality is, is if we simply keep responding to hatred with more hatred, the cycle just never ends. It only grows. We respond with hatred. Our enemy will respond with hatred. We respond again, and it just becomes this tit-for-tat thing that will never, ever end. And the only way that we can ever break this unending cycle of hatred and violence is with what? Is with love. It's when we learn to respond to our enemies and those who hate us with love. When we simply say, I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to respond that way. That is the only thing that can possibly break that cycle. Right? That was the truth that, that Daryl Davis discovered. That simply responding to the hatred of, of the KKK with more hatred wasn't going to get him anywhere. It was only going to build more hatred. But what he found is that by responding to that hatred with love, with kindness, what did it do? It broke the cycle. It broke down the barriers. By extending love, we can bring hatred to an end. There's a certain pragmatism to what Jesus calls us to in loving our enemies. Because the reality is, is that hatred, it's, it's sort of like this cancer that it just festers inside of us and it grows and it just feeds on every single painful situation in our lives. 
And the invitation to love is an invitation to cut out the cancer. Because what is responding to your enemies with hatred going to ultimately bring you? Maybe more stress? More pain in life? Higher blood pressure? Jesus calls us to, to bring an end to the cycle of hatred and violence that so often exists in our world by responding to it, not by returning hate for hate, but by responding to it with love. But as much as we can maybe recognize the, the practicality of this, I think we also recognize that there's a great deal of difficulty to it. There's a lot of risk to love. Because we maybe can stand at arm's length and recognize, okay, yeah, if I respond in love, I can kind of break this cycle, perhaps. But what if I respond in love and and the hate continually is returned? What if the cycle doesn't break? And if I respond in love, then I, then I ultimately I have to give something up. I have to let something go. Responding with love to that person who's stolen from me, it might mean letting go some of my possessions, some of my hard-earned money that I've worked so, so hard for. Responding with love, it might, be, it might mean giving up my position of, of being in the right, of being correct, of being in power. Sure, there's maybe a practicality to love, but there's a difficulty to. There's a risk to love. And I think it's more than just difficult. I think at the end of the day, to love in this way, to love our enemies without question, expecting nothing in return, it's not just hard, it's impossible. You and I on our own, we're not equipped to love to this end. Just one more verse here in Luke. Verse 36. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Where is it that we learn to love? Where is it that we learn to respond not with hatred, but with kindness and compassion and mercy? It's not from trying harder. It's not from gritting our teeth and and digging a little bit deeper. It's not from our willpower, but the place that we learn to respond to hatred with love is from the way that our Father operates. This call to love, even our enemies, is a call to reflect the way that our God operates in our lives. Because what has our God shown us about Himself? That he is a God who loves his enemies. A God who forgives those who have wronged him. A God who does not withhold his love from those who have hurt him. Listen to the way that the Apostle Paul puts this in Romans chapter 5. He says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though for perhaps a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this. 
that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we are enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Notice all the things that Paul says about us there in Romans chapter 5. He says we were ungodly, weak, unrighteous, We were the enemies of God. And when we were in that place, what did God do for us? He sent forth His Son to die for us, to reclaim us, to bring bring us back to Himself. When we were God's enemies, He extended to us mercy in the form of His Son hanging on the cross for the sins of the world so that we might be called His children, so that we would be reconciled to Him. And in offering up His own Son, our God broke what would have been the endless cycle of sin and death. He broke what would have been the endless cycle of hatred and violence upon creation. He redeemed us out of a hopeless end being tortured eternally in death for our sin. He did it all, not by coming in wrath, not by coming in hatred and violence, not by coming in and pouring out on us what we deserved for our sin, but no, He came by coming to us in love, by submitting Himself to the hands of sinful men so that you and I would be redeemed and rescued from our hatred so that we would be saved from the hands of our enemies so that we would no longer be God's enemies. We have a God who loves us, loves His enemies. And having received that love, having received that grace and the gift of your baptism, you are now empowered to go and do the same. Our God now invites you to go and extend this love. To go love the way that you have been loved. So people of God, you have received mercy on the cross of Jesus. So go forth and extend mercy. Forgive. Don't fight back. Do good and expect nothing in return. Love even your enemies. And in doing so, reflect to the world the way that your God has loved you. Amen.